This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. All of a sudden, like one week, nobody had anything down there. It's a new world. I was born too, uh, too early. I've never been a fan of the bush, to be honest. Really? With Andy Dirt Johnson. I'm going to need some pliers and a set of 30-weight ball bearings. What the hell you need ball bearings for? Oh, come on, guys. It's so simple. Maybe you need a refresher course. It's all ball bearings nowadays. And Brendan Sprague. Only problem is he's got a little bit of Mississippi leg out in him. If the mood catches him right, he'll grab your leg and just go to town. (laughs) You don't want him around if you wear short pants, if you know what I mean. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos that will be a home run, and so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. The Fan. Don't turn me All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on The Fan. Uh, we've got coaches of the year in Pac-12 football, not a coach. we got coaches of the year. Coaches of the year. And we believe they got it right. Um, so I want to get to that at some point. Uh, I think next week I'm, I'm, I'm just taking it over. I don't even care. I'm not asking for permission. I think next week I'm, I'm starting my NBA blue basketballs. That's okay with me. Segment where I get dos minutos to just get every NBA thought I have out of my brain. What's going on in Atlanta? That's kind of a weird story. It's fascinating. Uh, he's going through maybe his second coach. He had a back and forth with a reporter. I actually pulled the audio and maybe hopes we could get to it today, but I don't know if we will. So, Maybe we get to it tomorrow. I just I, I I sometimes like perspective because we're a city where everybody wants to trade our superstar every time. Yes. This the cycle of trade Dame, he's not going to win. Oh hey, they're winning in Portland. Hey, how good is Dame? Man, Dame is really amazing. You see how good Portland is this year? What Portland going to do in the offseason? Back to the top. They should trade Dame, start it out like it's just a cycle over and over for us. It's a circle. And I just Putting that against everybody else that has a star they have to deal with with a little bit of a headache. You throw Ant in this too as well, like a young up-and-coming 23-year-old player where Bill Simmons is saying, hey, I'd take him over Trey Young. Like that's, whoa, that's a huge thing to say. It's a big thing. Anyways, I'm going to get to that at some point, my NBA blue basketballs segment where I get dos minutos to How's rant. the NBA been this year? Are you happy great. as a product? Oh, Feeling great. good? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I understand what it is. It's 82 games, sure. long year, a lot of people not paying attention. Football season right now. Boston's doing historical things on the offensive end. Anthony Davis, prior to being sick last night, was absolutely on a tear. I saw Kenny threw Shaq into a Christmas tree. 
That was really hilarious because <laughs> the image of six foot two Kenny Smith, who's probably now like six foot because these guys shrink because of their legs. His knees are like going outwards too. Like well, he's, he's bow legged. Yeah, he's yeah. got a waddle to him. When they run to the telestrator and Shaq tries to beat him, last night, if you missed this, they're running and Kenny just shoves Shaq, who then falls to the side. And lands all the way under this big-ass tree they have on set. And all you see are the bottom of Shaq's shoes sticking out of the tree. Do you know how big of a tree it has to be, by the way, for Shaq to fall into it and you don't see him? It was a hell of a hip check, man. He sent him right into the boards, you know, chasing down a puck into, through the neutral zone. Gave him a hip check. It was, it was well-performed. It's, it's, it's almost excruciating watching certain sports shows, whether locally or nationally, seeing the way they're still doing television. And then watching that show and going, oh, look, a show that's having fun and doesn't th- take things seriously. And I don't have to have a hot take about everything and yell about this, ple- you know, this and that. Or I don't have to get on and be like, all right, coming up next. <laughs> all right. Welcome back. In. You know who can use a couple of notes from that as Emmanuel Ocho? Like, not everything's got to be a hot take. Not everything has to be a debate. Just have fun. Be entertaining. Oh, be yourself. Ocho. Did you see Charles Barkley last night called Jason Tatum the wrong name? He called him Jason Taylor. <laughs> After ranting about how he deserves to win the MVP, he's, he's the best respect, player. Yeah. He needs more respect. Jason Taylor's having a great year. Everybody's like, wait, what? You mean t- uh, Tatum? I mean Tatum. <laughs> Called him the wrong name. It's it is, but like it's such good television. It is, and I you cannot duplicate hit, uh, chemistry. I think it's, no. We, it, that's one of the more underrated parts of the industry, whether TV, radio, whatever. It is chemistry, and you can't just fake that, right? Some guys can. Mike and the Mad Dog can fake chemistry for a, I guess a calendar year where they don't talk outside of being on the air. Mm-hmm. You can get by if you're good enough, but a lot of people can't. And so it's easy to say this, but I, I just watch this show all the time, and I go, how is nobody, nobody on any network has come close to duplicating this No, outside of maybe Good Morning Football? Good Morning Football's got a good crew. People don't watch. I would argue I think TNT's hockey crew is really good because they hired some characters that are funny, and they'll do, like, post-game interviews where they ask wild questions, and it's it's just a, it's kind of a joke. Now, you got a couple of guys on there that are more like the serious, you know, we got to talk hockey. Uh, but for the most part, it's a pretty entertaining show. The chemistry note, though, like, I'm that way with play-by-play color guys, too. Like, it's one of the reasons I think Buck and Aikman are so good. They just play play off each other. They have a good rapport. They've been working together forever. And then you you compare that to like uh, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit. It's not even close. It's not even close. People thought Joe Buck was drunk on a broadcast because I guess he wouldn't sound- be surprised. <laughs> well, I I don't think because I, I guess he sounded more energetic and enthused than he normally does. Well, I mean, it's Saints box is like how exciting is that? By the way, I think next week it's like. Patriots oh, and Cardinals. Like, we got a really outside of Dolphins Chargers, which maybe is fun. I don't know if the Chargers how they're going to perform. Although, but they'll be close in that game. Thursday and Monday, awful this week. Yeah, awful. It's yeah. But my point is, like, I'm just surprised television doesn't take more of a risk. Yeah, you know, radio is like crazy things happen on radio all the time. Television, it's we're still doing the traditional. Full on suit and like let's get Mike Greenberg to host alongside Jalen Rose. Yeah, and, like you know, it's uh, just in and ESPN's uh, basketball coverage has not resonated. They've been trying to do this for a decade. It just doesn't resonate. And I think the big reason is they're not willing to put themselves out there more. They're not willing to be risky yeah. and and allow like you get a guy shoving a seven one human being. <laughs> 
into a Christmas tree on my television, I'm in. I'm watching that every. But time. it has to be authentic. It can't be staged yep. or whatever. And for whatever reason, I mean, chemistry is the hardest thing to find. And when you find it, but Shaq's the weak link on that show for a lot of people. They don't. They think he takes things like he he wants to be the Joker who doesn't get joked at, right? Like yeah. He, yeah. he's a little more thin skinned, I think, than the others. That took them a minute to get Shaq acclimated to their thing. They've yeah. all talked about this. And I remember when he started thinking, nah, I don't know if this is a fit. But they just they they plugged along and they gave Shaq some time. They allowed it to work itself out. And, you know, outside of Shaq being butthurt a little too much sometimes, I think for the most part it does. It works well. I just can't understand half the stuff he says. Well, he's very low talker. He's got a deep voice because of the way he talks. It just it's it's hard. Another example of this that I think it worked wildly successful this year, and it's the entertainment value of it. Like, let's have fun. Like, sports are supposed to be fun. Like, I, that's one of the philosophies that we have on this radio show. Don't take yourself too seriously. You're gonna be an idiot from time to time. Let's have a good time. We're talking sports for three hours a day. I'm for God's never sakes, an idiot. <laughs> you know who did this though this year? College game day. Yeah, they did. College game day yeah. went and hired Pat McAfee, who I'm not saying Pat McAfee doesn't know about football or doesn't follow football or doesn't give good t- – of course he does. He was an NFL player for a long time. He's entertaining. Yeah. And they brought him on. Did you see what show had their highest ratings in the last, like, 25 years? Game day. Game day. It blew out the big nooner because it's Urban Meyer over there with his glasses looking like a douche. Acting like he's Mr. Buttoned Up, but he's right. going to a bar picking up co Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't need that. Ho- that show is horrible. Horrible. And then you turn it over, and it's Pat McAfee jumping into a river at Knoxville or at Neyland Stadium as they're tailgating for Tennessee, Alabama. Like, it is not even close. They- they're entertaining. There is a value to that, not just being, here's my my suit and their first half they shot 42 percent from the floor and they had 19 rebounds to 18 i got i don't i I don't need that i watch the game i know what happened entertain me that's what espn does they just do exactly what they do they give jalen rose 10 seconds go then they go and and i don't even know who's on the show anymore then it's somebody else and then it's malika andrews again and then it's just it's just like hey it's watered down boring it's just not it's not entertaining to me and i'm just surprised uh, that people don't do it often. Also on the Fox thing, like, I'm not saying they're not good. I think they are. But it is a little odd when you have a pregame show where you have two players that were teammates on the same team, and it's like well, there's just, the there's Reggie just... Matt Liner thing. I think it they work, but it's I, there's an mm-hmm. odd thing with that to me. I think you need to have a bunch of guys. Like, game day does. They mix it up. They have Desmond Howard, then they've got... Kirk Herbstreet, and like they have Ohio State, Michigan, and then they got now you got Pat McAfee, West Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. You got Lee Corso, who's still still technically on it, but he's what was he an Army coach or whatever? And then you got yeah. David Pollock, Georgia, like Georgia, yeah. you mix it up a little bit. You get different guys from different teams, different opinions. I Emmanuel Acho, you mentioned it. Uh, there's a graphic by NFL on CBS, and it says which of these two would you pick for Defensive Player of the Year? And that the, the comp is Bosa or Parsons. And I think it's a great conversation. Yeah. Personally, I think it's Bosa by a slight edge, but Parsons is having a phenomenal year, and it just shows their stats. Yeah. Emmanuel Acho quote, quote tweets this, and I want you to walk me through the logic here. This graphic is misleading. This graphic displays a better pass rusher, which is objectively Bosa. But Parsons makes more game-changing plays, scoring on defense, and plays with greater effort. Hmm. Bosa would need significantly more sacks than 11 to truly be the depot. Depoy, which I think Bo says that. How can we quantify greater effort between two know. players like that? I, 
they both seem to play hard to me. I don't understand effort. I feel there. like we're attacking this dude a lot every week, but like he keeps putting out the most nonsensical opinions I've seen. Richard Sherman had a great response, too, because he had the whole Micah Parsons makes more game-changing plays defensively, and he's like, Bosa literally just had a strip sack that led to a scoop-and-score defensive touchdown that iced the win over your beloved Miami Dolphins. Like, that's how that game ended. He's got the most sacks in the NFL. Yeah, he's having a really good year, and their defense is the reason they're in the mix still, despite the fact that there's... How many teams can have a starting quarterback get hurt and are still like, well, you know... How many teams can have two quarterbacks get hurt? Yeah, yeah, Garoppolo's their backup. Quarterback number three. They're on the three, (laughs) and we're still like, yeah, you know, Kyle Shanahan, that defense, maybe there's something there. They're just different players. Although the Cowboys did go, what, four and one, five and one with Cooper Rush? That is true. That is true. Their defense is great, too. I said they should bench Dak Prescott. Or Cooper Rush. What a bad team. I feel like we're heading in two different directions uh, nationally as as, uh, sports media landscape. Mm. And I, I... you know, gravitate more towards one side of this than the other. I feel like there is the you got to always have a take, you got to always have an opinion, you yeah. got to get get people riled up, get people they're going to click, they're going to interact with you, and you're just going to hammer that point home. New information will never change your mind. It's essentially becoming politics, my way or the highway. And Emmanuel Acho, it, you know, he he subscribes to that belief. Like he has a take on everything, and it's definitive. This is right. This is wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. This guy's better than this guy. This guy's a bum. This guy's elite. And then you have the shows, not to bring them up again, but like the Pat McAfee kind of shows that are coming along that are, let's let's have some fun. It's a bunch of dudes. They cuss. They're hanging out. It feels more like of a, a bar kind of landscape. And I gravitate way more towards that than I do the serious, give me a take on it. Nobody in their right mind has a serious sports take on every sports opinion. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, eh, I'm kind of indifferent. Who's the best defensive player? Bosa or Micah Parsons? You're splitting hairs. You could pick from Either whatever one. reason. I, Playing with better at great both great. Like, to your point, though, man, this is why he's famous. This is what he does. And then, he, and then Niner fans get pissed because yeah. he said that Bosa doesn't play with effort and Parsons better. So now people start yelling at him, and Richard Sherman quote tweets him, and that's what he wants. That's his philosophy. It's just an odd take. Plays with greater effort. I I. Yeah, that's a ridiculous take. Um, anyways, long way of saying, how about that, huh? Shaq shoved into a Christmas tree. I, You know, we had a listener text us in, and I've said this before. I, You know me. I'm not the biggest NBA guy, regular season NBA this time of year. I watch every Blazer game. Outside of that, you're not getting me much. I, that's why I'm only getting two minutes to rant about the NBA every week. <laughs> Dose. Dos. Minutos. We're going to call it Dos Minutos. That's I'm all we need, though, find right? a clean. It's sometimes hard to get a clean audio because it it's stadium and... Yeah. Are we going to throw in Swag's Dos Minutos of hockey? What? Calm it down here. I mean, come on. Let's be fair. Fair and balanced, both sides. No, we're not doing the fair and balance. No, no. You don't want him no. ranting about the Kraken's first pick, scoring his first goal Got last his night? first goal. Two guys scored their first uh, NHL goals they last night. They gave up night. two goals in seven seconds, two to the yeah, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, that was Canadians. sloppy. <laughs> Why did Andrew Luck suddenly retire? <laughs> That's next on the- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Mm. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fan. We'll get to uh, Coach of the Year in Pac-12 stuff. Uh, the Titans randomly fired their GM yesterday. John Robinson is losing by 25 uh, to a player that you chose to give up on wasn't a good look for the organization. <laughs> And so we'll we'll maybe get into that. There's some other NFL news and notes. Baker's a Ram. Jimmy G might be back now for the divisional round or conference championship game if the Niners can get there. That's big news. That's uh, pretty big for them. Uh, but I want to get into this Andrew Luck story. Seth Wickersham, who was just one of the pre uh, I was going to do it right you there. You almost did it. Preeminent, Pre-eminent sports writers. There you I go. Stop myself. Huh? Huh? Look at that. We learn. We grow every day on this show. Well, don't worry. I'll screw it up again. He he is one of the top sports writers out there. I mean, when this dude writes a piece, remember the Seahawks piece a couple years ago? He had some Pats and Brady stuff over the yep. years, too. And, and people go at him, and he ends up being right. You yeah. just give it time. Seth Wickersham has source reporting that you can trust. Well, he wrote more of a story. It's not necessarily about sourcing. He went straight to Andrew Luck. We haven't gotten the full Andrew Luck story, and Seth Wickersham wrote just... One of the better pieces I've read in a while. I read it twice yesterday, and I have a lot of takeaways from it. Did you dive into this piece? I did. Because I, I, I don't know about you. I've been waiting for the Andrew Luck thing. And and before I get your thoughts very quickly, there, in the piece, it is Seth acknowledges he's been, he wanted to write this as soon as Andrew announced he wanted to retire. And he just, I, I think he sent him a note and basically said, I'd love to do the piece on you. I'd love to write about this and, and why you did it and when you did it, how you did it. And Andrew Luck actually responded. He looked into Seth Wickersham, wanted to see how you know valid he was as a writer. And Andrew responded, I don't know. You can you can do it. He goes, I don't know if it'll be two months or two years. It'll be in a couple years. But mm-hmm. Seth Wickersham finally did it. And it is an outstanding piece on Andrew Luck and how he came to make the decision to ultimately retire when he did. Well, and it was such a great piece because Andrew Luck is so unique in modern sports. Like, we've had guys that have retired at younger ages, but not somebody of his stature. Like, to walk away, I'll never forget where I was when I found out that Andrew Luck was retiring. I was watching, there was an early season, maybe a week zero college football game. I want to say it was Miami or Florida, like somebody down south was playing a game. I was over at a buddy's house, and we were just hanging out, having a couple of beers, watching the game, and it came across Twitter, Andrew Luck is retiring. I was on the back of a golf cart in Seaside, Oregon with Crawford. I had just finished Hood to Coast, and we were cruising on a golf cart in Seaside, and my phone, like, 
buzzed, and it was the Schefter tweet. And we were all sh- like, wait, what? Yeah. Huh? He's 29 years old. He's the best young quarterback or one of the best young quarterbacks of the entire NFL. He had missed the entire 2017 season. He came back, was great in 2018. They went back to the playoffs, and it was like, luck's going to be back. Here we go. And I think that's why this it made it such a fascinating read. Since he stepped away, I mean, your point, I think we've seen Andrew Luck twice. I remember him showing up randomly at the – I think it was a national championship game last year. There was something college football Hall of Fame-wise that he was there for, talking with RG3. He was at a Stanford game earlier this year, getting interviewed by an ESPN sideline reporter. But outside of that, this dude hasn't talked to anybody. He hasn't been in the limelight. He hasn't done any interviews. He just disappeared. And then he would show up on your TV, and you're like, damn, Andrew, he looks happy. He looks good. He's skinny. He's lost weight. He seems content with where his life was at. And that's why I think it was such a fascinating piece because we just haven't we haven't seen something like this, and I don't know if we ever will. A guy at the age of 29 at the height of the most important position you can argue in all of sports, just walking away from it all. Well, it's it's, it's interesting because there's – basically he tells you, like, to live a quarterback life, he was a very big team guy. And then he gets to the Colts and says, like, what do you expect of me of the quarterback? And uh, Costanzo, the offensive lineman for the Colts years ago, he basically goes, you, you have to just think you're God's gift to earth. And you got to approach it that way. Yeah. Like, he, he has a blurb in here where he goes to a restaurant with his teammates and he has this idea of how to be as a quarterback and he starts living that life. And he starts inviting teammates to restaurants and ordering for everybody. The quarterback's in charge. The quarterback is, he ran meetings with tight ends and receivers so much that they basically called him the tight ends coach. Like, he, he, he and, and, and a lot of this was forced by him in the beginning. Yeah. And then he admits, like, he got into that mindset and that mentality. And I think it's kind of also a heartbreaking story of a guy that tells you, I loved football. I was kind of like, he doesn't say forced by his dad or anybody. He's kind of just driven to the path of football and he loved it. But then like he also, he had to realize in his own way, like he also didn't, he was falling out of love with what he loved. And, and I, there's a guy, there's a doctor in this story that's helping him with his shoulder rehab in Holland. And I, you read about this guy, and this guy's, like, making him do things, and he's getting pissed because he can't do it. And he goes, does it hurt? And he's like, no. And he goes, like, shut up keep doing it. Like, this doctor's just being truthful with him mm-hmm. in a way that nobody is. And my first thought was, I wonder how much a team in the AFC South paid this doctor in Holland to basically ruin Andrew Luck mentally. Because this dude absolutely steered him towards, yep, make the best decision for your life and your well-being and he just realized he didn't have the passion and the love that you need to be a successful starting quarterback in the National Football League. He takes up skiing, extreme skiing. He's a fisher. He likes to bicycle. And he loves being a dad. He lives five minutes from the Colts facility. That was the crazy part, that he was still living in Indy. And walk like the day after, he or weeks after he retired, he's like walking his kids to school past the, the facility. He could see the team. He could hear the team <laughs> hey guys. going through walkthroughs. And he, like it, it comes back. and Just it, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches here and walking my kid to school. It just, it, it's him. Um, you know, I think we all go on different journeys in our own lives. But for me, I'm reading this and I'm, I'm starting to I like put myself into this story and I think one of the best parts about it is just the acceptance of change, mm-hmm. being uncomfortable with it, and also acknowledging like finding your true passions and 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 loves in life are not as easy as you think they would be. And I I think you read this piece and it's kind of your takeaway is 
he just got burned out on football and ultimately realized like there's way more to his life than needing to be yeah. a quarterback for 15 years for a franchise. I mean, when they go through the laundry list of injuries that he dealt with and how much pain he was living in and the rehab process that he went through every year, I mentioned he missed the entire 2017 season. I think that was when he was over in Holland and having this work done on him and trying to figure out his shoulder and his ankle was banged up. He had, you know, just injuries all over his body and in constant pain. And that's when it started to dawn on him, like, is this the life that I want to live? And I thought it's a, it's a lesson that a lot of people can learn. Like, we look at football players and we think well, you're living the dream. Like, all of all of us listening or working here, we grew up wanting to be professional athletes when we are kids. Like, that's every little boy's, for the most part, dream. If you love sports, like, I want to be a professional athlete someday. And you look at Andrew Luck and you're like, man, you're living the dream. You've realized everything that you wanted to accomplish in life. And what dawned on him was uh, that the, the interesting takeaway was the, the therapist, the doctor, whatever, asking him, like, that's great that you're a quarterback, but what are you besides an NFL quarterback? You're more than that. Like, you're, you, know. you can be more than just an NFL quarterback. And that was kind of the light bulb moment for him of, like, I – there's more to life than football. There's more to life than me just being this leader in the locker room and being this quarterback. And the, the anecdote of him talking to the students where he's doing this speech in front of a bunch of kids hoping for softball questions, and one of them asks right out of the gate, what do you regret most about your decision? And he's like, great, this is an easy question to answer. And I thought it was telling that the, the main thing that he regretted, and again, this gets back to him being the team guy that he is, and that's never that's always going to be in his DNA, he regretted most the timing of it. And I think that was what shocked everybody. He was on the field. It was a preseason game. And they the fans booed him. Remember in Indianapolis, they booed him off the field because it started to circulate around the stadium that he was going to retire. Uh, but he regretted the timing of it because he admitted for basically his last year at Indy, he knew that, that this is kind of it. Like, I gave my all. I went all in for one more year. I don't want to go through this again and put my body through this. And he wasn't he wasn't honest with the team because he didn't feel like he could be honest and tell them the hard truth that he didn't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird um, it's a weird position to be in when you read about it because he he does acknowledge that he knew he was done, and he told his teammates. He said, "Look, guys, I I hate to say this to you, but I I can't do it. I'm just done." He talked to T. Y. Hilton about this, his offensive lineman, and the interesting thing is, he wishes he would have told it different but when you read it my takeaway is i don't know if you would i know he says he would but i don't know if he would because he basically he went to a dinner and he told he had a room of people who supported him and he was initially only going to tell his agent and his wife yeah. and like his dad and then he, he goes to this dinner and he's just blabbing about it at the restaurant oh i'm retired i'm retiring now like in his low andrew luck you know voice. it is andrew luck voice <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go read some books and uh we'll see what i do maybe i want to fish i don't know and and he told That's everybody, a "Good Andrew Luck." I just, I don't, I don't think you can tell if you have a room of fifty people and you're telling fifty people. I think you kind of want the world to know then and there, right? And so that the fact that it leaks and he says in the game you could feel in the arena. I've I described this during the 2016 election, not getting political, but like I was at a Blazer game, yeah. And during timeouts, you could feel the arena all checking their phones to see the election results and. When it was kind of final, it was like the third or fourth quarter, and it was just like odd where they were cheering, and then during timeouts it was just weirdly quiet because mm -hmm. it's Portland, Oregon, right? And and you could he could feel that energy, and so I I don't I don't know if he really would have done it differently. I think he did it in his own unique way, and and I I don't know I just I I love reading about people finding and accepting who they are. It's a tough journey we go through, and to hear it from a high-level athlete. And the other thing you think about when you read this is 
naturally, and I'm sure he's had these thoughts. He kind of talks about this a little bit, but like, what would he have been? This has been year 11 for him in the NFL. Would he have a championship? Yeah. Would what he would be, his legacy be? Would he be our Marino? Like, hey, this guy hasn't won. He's only been to this and this, and he hasn't gotten past Mahomes and Allen and whatever. Would that be what he is right now? I don't know. Uh, and that's kind of one of the tougher things because you're talking about one of the biggest prospects coming out of high school and going into the draft that we'd seen since, you know, the likes of Elway. Yeah, it's a great lesson for people to learn that the, you you are more in life than your job. No matter how good your job is, no matter how much you get paid to do your job, it doesn't define you. There is more to your life outside of work. And the and the lesson that you learn all the time, if you step away, something happens to you, your company is going to replace you. Yeah. What defines you is the person you are, the fa- the family man you are, who you are as a husband, a father, a wife, a brother, sister, whatever. Uh, that That is what is most important in the end, more so than being a football player. And I'd you learn that lesson. I'd highly advise people, go go check this out. It's at ESPN.com. It's a really good read. Long read. It's a long read. Buckle but, up. It's going to take a while, but it's great. But it's a great read into a person we didn't really know that much uh, about. So Seth Wickersham... Uh, he nails it yet again. I think that's a good poll question, too. Do you remember where you were when you found out Andrew Luck retired? I I never put that in that category of you remember. I vividly do. I just, It's not I do the too. craziest sports story of all time, but like, and, wait, what? I remember thinking the same thing, and huh? I remember where I was, too. So I'll put a poll question up on that one. Uh, a lot to get to today, uh, including Statter Story Day 15. But coming up next, uh, Pac-12 Coaches. Of the year. They got it right. How about that? We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Some texts coming in from listeners about where they were when they heard Andrew Luck retired. Uh, I said I was at work, I think. I remember having the thought, something on the lines of, that's what the Colts get for not buying him an offensive line and nearly getting him killed. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, one of the bigger whiffs from an organization all time. And I hope other teams learn that lesson because young quarterbacks go through it a lot early in their careers. You need an offensive line to protect these guys. I'm not saying, I I don't want to suggest by any stretch, I think to play that position, you you have to be of a certain intelligence. There's no refuting that. There's just something the way your brain works that makes it make sense, right? Especially for the highest of level guys. I wonder if there if we're gonna get another one of those because part of the takeaway too is he he was such an intellect yes that I think it it it, it allowed him the ability to kind of reexamine things right he's a guy who reads really deep books and books sometimes on cement I think to be able to do that you've got to just be thinking differently than most whereas like Peyton Peyton was obviously super smart is super smart but his entire life was. Football, 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 football. That's it. Tom Brady, same way. Yeah, and very unique personality types in that way, and that's the more norm for that position. I just, I'm reading this, and I'm like, 
You know, would I be surprised, just throwing this as just like an example, would I be surprised if Herbert retired after nine seasons? I think he's the closest comparison you could find. Because he's a different dude. Obviously, he loves the game of football or whatnot, but major in biology, small-town guy compared to a lot of these dudes and where they come from. I, I just I was wrapping my brain about the kind of person it takes to identify yourself and what your happiness is to walk away from a position like that. I've, I've had that thought for parts of this year about Herbert. The injuries that he's been playing through. He's had that, you know, the whatever, the lung or kidney, you know, rib injury that he's been dealing with basically all season. You know he's not near 100%. He, the, the moment in that Kansas City game where he got hurt and then could have ran the football for the first down and decided to throw it away oh, instead. Man. Like, that was a cringeworthy moment because you could tell how much pain he's in. And then he throws a 40-yard dart and in the next play. <laughs> frozen rope on, like, fourth down for a <laughs> touchdown. You're like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess he's all right. Yeah. But I, I felt, I mean, the Chargers are down to one offensive lineman. For anybody who watched the Raider game this weekend, the takeaway for most who didn't watch is, wow, the Chargers lost to the Raiders. How do you lose that game? It's a bad one for their playoff chances. Tua would have never. Tua would have never lost that game, right? He's down to one starting offensive lineman. I don't think I could count a snap in the first half, in which he had longer than two and a half seconds to throw the football. And people look at his yard per attempt average, that they're all, you know, five yards, four yards, he's capped and checked down. He doesn't have time to throw the football. He also hasn't had his target. I know know Keenan Allen just got back, but Mike Williams is hurt, and Keenan Allen was out for a few weeks. Like, he was missing pretty severe targets. Yeah, I I, I have wondered that because Herbert is a, he's a smart intellectual guy, and I, I he loves football. There's no questioning that. But if anybody would do it, if the Chargers don't figure their s out in the next four years, I'd probably put my money on him. I hope it doesn't happen. No, I, uh, somebody said I was at a fantasy draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out B Dub Dubs, and my dad was running late to his uh, uh, rest in peace to his dad was running late, so his team auto drafted Andrew Luck when he arrived at uh, the restaurant ten minutes later Andrew Luck announces retirement <laughs> oh man we had another one on Twitter it was like in because I asked I put a poll question do you remember where you were when Andrew Luck announced his retirement and somebody says in my kitchen with the dude who three hours earlier had taken him in our fantasy draft ouch I always love how it kind of comes back to fantasy football like yeah my team got ruined <laughs> I just remember looking at Crawford I was with my brother-in-law and and one of my best friends and I remember just like looking and going this is crazy. I knew he was banged up. I knew his offensive line wasn't good, but he had just had like a 40 touchdown game yeah. and, or season, excuse yeah. me. And he had that great year and they'd been to the AFC championship game. I just didn't see it coming. And so I remember specifically we'd rented a golf cart and we just cruised around seaside because our legs hurt from running hood to coast. I <laughs> didn't want to walk anywhere. I was sitting on the back and I just couldn't stop scrolling on my phone after I'd got the alert. Yeah, I think I just kept saying holy S over and over and over again. One of those wild stories you definitely remember. Uh, I want to get to Pac-12 awards here in a moment because I actually feel like they got a lot of this right. And, I, you know, some people disagreed with the coach thing. I, you know, I don't really understand why. I, I think they nailed it. Uh, what did it mean, though, for Oregon State to have Damian Martinez win Freshman Offensive Player of the Year? Presented by Nextiva. I love that the Pac-12 presents their awards. I mean, not not surprising. Very deserving. deserving. For sure he deserved um, it. He had a remarkable year, and I think it's a setup for a really good career, uh, potentially entirely at Oregon State. I've, I've been sniffing around a little bit. I'll, I'll do some more check-in as the offseason goes on because you don't know what the future holds. We've got uh, – there's a coach. I think he's coaching Wake Forest. He had a quote where he – I saw this. He basically was like, I hope the kid comes back, but if he has an offer elsewhere, 
good luck to him. Go make money, basically is what he said. Like, if yeah. you can go make money elsewhere, go make money. Go make money. And so, like, I like that that sentiment's being shared. It's obviously a problem with NIL is that teams may start taking kids away from programs based solely on the paycheck. Um, But I, I've been told that he actually really likes it there, that he's found a nice place for himself. Hold this opinion for a month when Texas comes in and goes, hey, you know that Bijan Dijon mustard? There's a million dollars. What about that Dijon Damien mustard that we can create? That's could be a different story. But I've been told that he really likes it there, that Corvallis is a nice home for him. He loves the offense he plays in. He had a great year, obviously, as a freshman. A little bit of a lull there a couple games in, but mm-hmm. found himself and, and figured it out with that great running attack. So I think they nailed it. and. At least I've been encouraged so far that it sounds like he likes being at Corva- in Corvallis. That's big news because I know that fear was there. He is 30 yards away from a 1,000-yard freshman season, which would be really cool. He ended the year with six straight 100-yard games. Starting in the Washington State game, he went over 100 at every game left on their schedule. He averaged over six yards a carry on the season. He would have got it in the Oregon game, but he got hurt. He didn't come back. Yeah, that's so true. He, he was well on his way to breaking a 1,000-yard barrier against the Ducks. I would say so. He had 15 carries for 103 yards. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seven yards bad. a carry. That's it's pretty good. Pretty seven times two. Andy is that's first down. <laughs> and that I believe checks. I think your math checks out there. So Damian Martinez was named the freshman of the year. I want to get to the coaches, the uh, coaches of the year coming up next. A couple of the college football notes, including like so much is made of the transfer portal stuff. There, there is one guy that I am I am following, and I'm wondering if we're going to have examples like this across the country. So I want to get to that coming up next. A little more college football on uh, 1080 The Fan. Yo. All right, we might start Sprague's uh, Dos Minutos fast break a little early because I am curious about this Trey Young story. I don't follow it that closely. I know you're plugged in. Nate McMillan, obviously there's a connection to Portland. I just saw that they he told him to not show up, didn't want him to play the other day, and now Trey Young's like snapping at reporters. If you're going to get to that, then I've got to give Swag this audio. Okay, this, this, why don't we pull that? I want to get to that in the final hour. This one reporter does not back down from Trey Young refusing to talk about this matter. I mean, how do you... you you refuse to show up to a game because of a controversy or a conversation you had with your head coach and you're asked about it and then you get pissed about being asked about it? It should stay private. It's not a public matter. It should stay private. <laughs> you're on the outside. You yeah. don't need to be in the inside. Ah, okay. He, you know, that's he, too he's bad. He's underrated douchey, by the way. Super underrated douchey guy in sports. Maybe we should have known by the baldness, but that's kind of too bad. I liked Trey Young. To hear this, it's disappointing. You could still like Trey Young. You can like his basketball game. I mean, I like his game, sure. But that's it's a little problematic because they got to play sub in and out in the last three minutes of a crucial game because he can't play defense. But, <laughs> you know, you could still like the fact that he can shoot super long threes. I do wish he'd shave his head and just accept the fact that, yeah, he needs to give up. He's not a good-looking guy. That's okay. But he's rich. He's an athlete. He'll have a gorgeous wife, I'm sure. And... His life is going to be okay if he doesn't have hair. Just lean into it. It's going to be all right, buddy. People like him more if he shaved his head. I would, too. Grow a beard. Be bald beard guy. He can't grow facial hair. Uh, He's got a lot of Brandon Spray going for him. Okay. Yeah. Just be, you know, just shave it all. Eyebrows, too. No. Come on. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, We found out the coach and coaches of the year last, uh, I think this came out last night or yesterday yesterday afternoon, uh, in the Pac-12, and they split the award. I'd have to go back and look. I'll see if I can find it, but... I don't. I can't think of many times that they've actually split it, and this is one of those rare instances where I say, "Well done, 
because I don't know if I could have voted one guy over the other. I think Jonathan Smith and Kalen DeBoer were both deserving. But we had co-coaches of the year in the Pac-12, and they happened to be my main two rivals who beat both my teams. So, hey, you deserve it. Jonathan Smith and Kalen DeBoer both winning it. I think that was really cool because Kalen DeBoer coming in, nobody expected 10 wins out of them to start the season. To pull that off with Michael Penix and all that, incredible season for Washington. And Jonathan Smith won nine games without having a quarterback all year. Uh, Interesting enough, it actually wasn't that long ago. The last two coaches we had be coach of the year, Mike Leach and David Shaw in 2015. Uh, Stanford was 12-2, and two, and Washington State finished 9-4 and four that year. Before that, it's actually interesting. This is a fun one. 2005, Pete Carroll and Carl Durrell. Carl Durrell. They were 10-2 and two at UCLA, and Pete was obviously 12-1. and one, I think and, that was uh, probably his only good season at UCLA. I remember he had one year at UCLA that led everybody to believe the Bruins are back and that it all crumbled. You know, I, they kind of hosed Pete a little bit. Not that you don't win it when you tie. You still do. It's just he didn't get a lot of standalones. He also tied Bill Doba in 2003, which I don't think you can argue with the two years that he tied. But you had that one. Uh, outside of that, Bruce Snyder and Don James in 1990. So it hasn't happened very often over the years. Now, here's here's an interesting question, because I've seen this on the national level, too. Sure. Uh, because the national coach of the year candidates were announced, and nobody from the Pac-12. I don't believe anybody from Lincoln the Pac-12. Lincoln Riley was. Lincoln Riley was. That was the, well, I looked through this, and I wanted to be very fair here. Smith and, and DeBoer not on it. I think they tried to hit a coach from every conference, out the Power Five and outside the Power Five. So it's hilarious that the guy who didn't win Coach of the Year in his own conference is a finalist for Coach of the Year and around the country. That's the brand. That's the national <laughs> right. you know, viewpoint of the conference. It's, hey, USC is back. and you Look, Lincoln deserves to be in the conversation. You can say, well, they paid a lot of money for Addison and Caleb. Yeah, but like those guys aren't coming unless Lincoln goes to USC. I I'm not saying he should win over DeBoer Smith. I'm with you largely, but yeah, bringing in talent is a part of being a coach. I'm okay with him getting some recognition. I more care about like how the conference views it. I think they nailed this. I I think winning nine games at Oregon State with the chance to win ten is absolutely should be in it every year because I as much as anybody else know how hard that job is. It truly is a very difficult job, and DeBoer to go from four to ten with potentially a an Alamo Bowl and to get to 11, mm-hmm. that's a remarkable year. And he's got his quarterback coming back next year. So kind of weirdly, I agree with this. I, I think they should be tied for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I, I agree with it 100% too. I wish that one of them or both of them were up for a, for a national Coach of the Year. I, I personally think they deserve it more than Lincoln Riley. I think both things can be true. Like recruiting and bringing in talent is a part of being a good head coach. But I almost feel like that's a separate award, like win the head coach recruiting award or something like that, and then give me the X's and O's. And I would argue from an X's and O's standpoint with the talent that they had, what Jonathan Smith and Kalen DeBoer did, in my opinion, was more impressive than what Lincoln Riley did. He brought in Caleb Williams, and that's why USC had the year that they did because he was the best player in college football, and he's going to win the Heisman this weekend. Uh, but I like rewarding guys that find a way to do more with less to a certain extent, that it truly their coaching is the reason you could argue the team ended up having the season that they did. Like, I saw people bringing this up from a national point. Kirby Smart is up for the head coach the coach of the year, which, of course, he's undefeated. He's probably going to win back-to-back national championship games. Our friend Bill Connolly riled up a bunch of Georgia fans and was like, Kirby Smart's an elite coach. Nobody's disagreeing with that, what he's built, and getting Georgia over the hump to beat Alabama and do all that is incredible. But he made the argument, isn't what Lance Leipold did at Kansas more impressive than what Kirby Smart did? Kirby Smart has a roster. Again, he brought in all that talent. It's littered with NFL players. 
getting Kansas to bowl eligibility off the mat after being horrible for you know 30 years, 20 years, however long it's been, isn't that a better coaching job than just taking the best roster in college football and taking them to 12-0? and 0? And I, I tend to agree with Connolly. And again, I'm not saying that recruiting shouldn't be a part of this, but I look at when, when you have your roster built, what can you accomplish with that roster? And for Kansas to get to 6-6, six and six, I, I think there's a lot of folks that probably could have coached Georgia to 12-0 and 0 this year. Well, I look forward to Jack Coletta winning the uh, Paul Horning Award today of the most you know versatile college football player in the world. They should just name the award after Jack Coletta. Actually, they should pass it down. <laughs> I, you know what I like about these? These are awards I don't ever care or really think about until it happens. Like, yesterday I saw the list of guys in the running for assistant of the year, and I just went, where's Trent Bracer? Where is my coach? He wasn't in there, but, yeah. like, all Was that these... the Frank Broyles Award? Yeah. Broyles Award, yeah. And, but I looked at the list of guys, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Okay, this, this, this list is fine. I totally get it. <laughs> But these are lists. I mean, these are awards we don't. You, nobody brags about their assistant no, coach winning. Or, nobody does, unless you like get a Mario as your head coach. And in that case, you want to tell everybody as much as you can. You know, he won recruiter of the year, right? He's the best recruiter in the country, bro. Six years ago. How do you know about that? Huh? Where do you recruit? <laughs> Alabama. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, the coach of the year thing is funny too, because Sonny Dykes is going to win coach of the year, and if he, he doesn't, he I will. I will riot. He should. If you name anybody other than Sonny Dykes the best coach in college football this year. We got some serious issues, man. We got some serious Although issues. Although Harbaugh and Michigan for the first time. Play somebody in non-conference. <clears throat> You're right. Don't back out of a game against a Power 5 school. So you can play Colorado State. Made history at Michigan. I love cool. petty dirt. I know. I mean, you didn't play anybody. They played the Big Ten. They played Ohio State at the end of the year. Michigan's a great they team. Played Penn State. I, Top 10 team. Yeah, that's... I mean, come on. Don't even get me started on that. <clears throat> See, this is the thing. You never now care about angry. this award. Now I'm getting angry. Yeah, look, you're getting play angry. Play somebody in non-conference. That matters. Look, Sonny Dykes played a uh, – he played. He got to play Colorado in non-conference, but at least it's a Power 5 opponent, you know? Oh, Sonny Dykes I – mean, everybody knows Sonny Dykes should win that award. What TCU did this year – Nobody thought they would go undefeated. They're in the damn playoff. What would your honest opinion have been if I was like, yo, Sonny Dykes and TCU, I'd I think laugh. they're going to the playoff. I'd laugh. Call you an idiot. Call you a dumbass. I should have done that because the one year I did say something about somebody, they did something. That was Jameis in Florida State. You laughed you did. at me. I did laugh at you. So they got this freshman quarterback. He's going to be really good. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. And then they won the championship. And it's like, wow, how about that? Sprague was right on that. <laughs> you got that one right, man. All right, well, we got a lot to get to in the final hour. Congratulations to Jalen Smith and uh, Kayla DeBoer, Pac-12 Co-Coaches of the Year. Both deserving. You can't really make an argument for one over the other. I saw Husky fans saying, well, hey, wait a minute. Kalen DeBoer beat Jonathan Smith. Why doesn't he? He should be the... Both of them had great seasons, man. I didn't see 9-3 and coming for Oregon State. I definitely didn't see 10-2 and uh, coming for Washington. Both deserving. Uh, in the final hour, I do want to talk about that Trey Young thing. I kind of find that interesting out of the NBA. I got a note about a, a transfer portal thing that I want to talk about. Uh, we got this uh, uh, status story coming up at 8-15. So we get to that. It is a loaded final hour. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.